like to welcome everyone to tonight's share, everyone participating in person, the men and the women upstairs and downstairs, and all those participating through the Torah conferencing networks in their own communities. I'd like to give you a shakar to sponsor of tonight's share, Be'elam Shem, as a schus for the Nishmas, Tzvi Ben Eliezer, Basileya Ben Shmuel Yosef, Eliezer Ben Tzvi, and Shmuel Yosef Ben Tzvi, and Shmosim, Tzvi Ben Chaim. Tonight we have the cover to have with us once again of Yosef Weiner, Shlit, Derova, Kilashar, Shemaim, Wesley Hills, Petri Mechasikos, on the Indian of effective interactions between parents, children, spouses, and friends. I covered the corner by Viner for tonight's Russian. feel a little guilty getting such simcha during the three weeks. Whenever I come back here, I wait for the yearly uh, call from Rabbi Bold and uh, look forward to seeing the Chavra, uh, most of which uh, I know here already for about uh, 20 years, uh, 20 some odd, uh, give or take. What, 20th year? Is it talking about the 20th year? Unbelievable. So uh, one of these years we'll get the height right, six foot two. So... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. The shir shofar is twelve months now. Is it okay? Good. Yeah. Thank you. We're fine. Thanks. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, as you just heard from the title, this is about a thirty-hour topic. We're just going to try to touch the Rosh Prokim and leave the rest of it for the next 29 years, an hour at a time. I'm going to try to cut across halachas and hashkafes as we normally try to do. Uh, each one of these uh, small sound bites, if you'll call them, will probably, hopefully, be an impetus to more discussion, asking your own shaylas. Some of this is, most of this is very personal with the particular issues that people struggle with. So we'll begin with an um, introduction to Kibbutz of Aim. I'd like to touch upon children's chiyuv with their parents, parents' chiyuv to their children, some spousal issues, some issues, we'll see what we can accomplish in the next hour. Let me begin with an uh, interesting conversation I had. I was in Denver a couple of weeks ago. And it's always very interesting to go out of town. I'm in Muncie. That's not out of town yet. Denver is out of town. Wonderful community. After we had a siyam in the yeshiva, I gave a hair to the bachrum. It did very well. Baruch Hashem. I come to check in the hotel. I'm waiting in the lobby. Of course, I come to the front desk, and they don't know who I am. They're trying to figure it out. Then they tell me I'm in the wrong hotel. But that's part of the uh, Amelus and the Star Halicha. As I'm waiting for them to figure out where the reservation is, so a fellow comes over to me and uh, he says, uh, Sir, uh, sorry to bother you. I'm just curious, what language do you speak? 
Now, little did he know he's assuming I speak English if he's talking to me in English, but okay. Uh, so um, I uh, told him, um, what language are you looking for? So he said, oh, you speak English. I said, uh, yeah, English, um, Hebrew, Yiddish, some Aramaic, like my boy Hocha or something like that. So uh, he said, uh, that's fascinating. Uh, where do you know English from? <laughs> so I said, well, I'm actually like a fifth generation American. Uh, I've probably been here longer than you have. So he said, oh, no, sir. I said, well, my great-grandmother was already born in Chicago in the 1880s. He said, well, my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was the personal assistant to William Penn in 1604 can't beat that. First time I was ever outdone in this conversation. William Penn, that's not bad. And he was very proud of his yichus. I said, what happened uh, after you moved in? He said, uh, he sort of gave him like half of Pennsylvania. So I said, uh, that's uh, pretty lucrative. Uh, what do you do now? He says, I own hundreds of acres of uh, apple orchards. So I said, really? He says, yeah. He says, I'll tell you something. Now, this is very rare. I have meyuchas dika. He didn't say it like that. Meyuchas dika apple seeds. So I'm thinking for a moment that I said, don't tell me. Uh, you got them from Johnny Appleseed himself. He says, how'd you know? I kid you not. There's a real conversation. The guy wasn't drunk. This is Colorado. He might have been high, but he wasn't drunk. So, uh, so I said, really, Johnny Appleseeds? I, I found that a little bit hard to believe, but he actually told me the whole yuchus of where he got it from and who the assistant to William Penn was, and he gave me the whole star yuchus. And he was so proud. Here's his messiah from William Penn and Johnny Appleseed. You know you're in middle America when you uh, have a conversation like this. What hit home for me, and this is our introduction to Hilchus Keep It Of Aim. Keep It Of Aim is one of the more challenging mitzvahs we're faced with this challenge all day and all night. If we live in close proximity, if you call once in a while, then that's your Nisayan. Maybe you should be calling more often and visiting more often. There are many reasons why Akash Baruch Hu put this in Aseris Adibris. One of the reasons the Mepharshim point out is that our entire Messera, the integrity of our Messera, is dependent on Keep It Of Aim. Keep It Of Aim and Keep It Raboy. If you don't respect parents, if you're not in awe of them, you're not going to be macabre what they have to say and what they have to give over. You're not going to be a clique kibble. And if you think you know better, which perhaps occasionally might be the case, but most of the time as you're growing up, you have a lot to learn and they, by definition, have more experience. And if you're not into this, and you feel that whatever they have to say, it's with a grain of salt sometimes, and you can't fully be Makabal our Messiah. And the godless of our Messiah is, and for this Ben Nayach in Denver, very nice. His great grandfather was uh, William Penn secretary, and that's Gavalda Giyichus. And he's got wonderful apples. And he's very proud of it. We have a lot more to be proud of. We have to understand that the parents are a step closer to the Messiah. And a popular misconception is, well, they might be a step closer to Harsinai, and they might be the conduit for the Messiah, but 
I don't always agree with them, but they're not always perfect, and therefore, perhaps, uh, the Chiv isn't so much on me. Simon Reish Mem is a big Simon. I'm going to jump around a little bit just to bring across a few crucial points and just how important this mitzvah is and how much HaKadosh Baruch is really demanding from us. Right away in Siv Beis, the Machaber says, which is a din without a chilek. Absolutely no shaila about this din. It's not a chumra, it's not a hider. It says you can't argue with a parent. Leiseser is devarav. I tell that to some teenagers. They think they didn't hear me right. You can't argue with parents? You can't argue with parents. What do you talk to them about? And you can't argue with parents. What do the words mean? Not only that, you can't be machriya devarim. If they're arguing with somebody else, you can't even chime in and say, uh, I think my father's right. Like, who asked you? If they ask your opinion, fine. If it's understood that they want to give and take, also okay. We don't believe in papal and fallacy. Other religions have a funny thing that the Pope is right even when he's wrong. There's no such thing. A parent can be wrong, and a Rebbe can be wrong. But unless you're proof positive that they're wrong and it's damaging, like they're asking you to do something connected to din, they're asking you not to do a mitzvah, then you can't argue even if they happen to be wrong on the issue. That already is a chiddush nifla to a lot of people. You all know from the Sugi and the Gemara, but it's brought down the Mechaber. When you read the Gemara and you hear the Maisa about Don Benesina, how he's sitting with his Hushava senators from Rome, all his Chaverim, and he's sitting there for covered, Bisaferis, and his mother comes and spits at him and screams at him and rips his clothing, and he didn't say a word. So we you all learn that story in Cheder, and you look at the story and you figure, okay, that's a uh, godless, Amidus Chasidus, or Chumra. The Mechaber Paskins in the Maisa doesn't say it's a Chumra, doesn't say it's Amidus Chasidus. This is on the mirror of him. Ben Lovish Chamudus. Vayeshe Barosh Alkal. Yubo Avi Vimoi Vakara Bagadu Vikal Roshoi. Ripped his clothing, hit him on his head. Yerkeb Afana spit in his face. Loyachlamasam. Don't embarrass them back. Aliyishtuk Vayirim and Melech Malcham Lochem Shisivo Bakach. Now, if they constantly do this, Yabshar Shlomo has a comment over here that she obviously wasn't all there. We know that because our Moshe on the other famous Gemara with Don Benesina, which the Mechaber also paskins, without any qualification. And that's very, very fascinating. Mechaber says, Picture the scene. You're on a cruise, which I hope you're not on because there aren't too many kosher ones. But uh, you're on a cruise and you commandeer the entire ship. So the only one there. Very sneistic. And you're standing on deck, just for you and your parents. And your father comes over by the railing, takes your wallet out of your pocket and throws it overboard. So here, again, Akash Baruch Hu asks, demands of us. It's not brought down as a chumrah. He throws it overboard. You can't embarrass them. You can't even look angry Connect them. Don't get angry. It sounds like 20,000 madregas over anybody in the room, including me. But Mechaber brings it down as a din. Yamshar Shlomba says, obviously, something wrong with her. She's ripping his clothing. She's spitting at him. But Taz brings down when they're causing you to lose money, like throwing your wallet overboard. You can afterwards take your father to a din terror to get back your money. But you can't embarrass him. You can't scream and yell. 
Why? Because we pass in Kibbutz is Mishalav, not Mishalben. The parent has to pay if they can afford it, so they have to pay you. The Taz brings down that that's only by losing money, but by Rebach Ba'alma, Ramal says, and the Taz explains, you have to give it up, and the Rai is from Dama Benesina, who was visited by the Chachamim, and they wanted to buy some jewels for the Cheshen, and the key to the safe was under his father's pillow, and he didn't wake him up. He wasn't losing money, he was just not making a profit. Sounds like it was his money. The obvious kasha, which many years ago I was very gratified to see our motion of Tshuva deals with, if, um, if your father was sleeping and the key was under his pillow and somebody offered you a very lucrative deal, he had a building and he offers you a $7 million profit and the uh, deed or the number to the lawyer or something was under your father's pillow, paperwork was there, you didn't want to knock on the door and you did the right thing, you were misguided and you didn't wake him up. And then your father wakes up two hours later, you go over to him, Tal, you'll be so proud of me, I just gave up $7 million. What do you think his reaction would be? I think if he had a gun, it would be dangerous. It sounds ridiculous, I mean, the father's going to, so, so I might should deal with it, like, well, what's going on over here? That's the din? So Amosha says, there's obviously something wrong with the father, because that's not a normal thing to... The son should have an umdana, and he was right, that the father doesn't want to be woken up even if you're losing millions of dollars. That's not normal. So it comes out that it was a good shidduch, in ver geffen, in ver geffen. The mother was crazy, the father was crazy, and, uh, and, uh, and the chidosh here is, even though it's a mishagas, you have to honor their mishagas. This is amazing, because we think that all the times we argue when they're not crazy, we always think this is ridiculous, but they're not, they're not crazy. The Amshar Shalma says, obviously they weren't that normal, and um, I'll say this carefully, there was a lot of discussions among Rabbanim and therapists, some of the therapists uh, I'm talking about are uh, friends of mine, and I agree with them, but I just, uh, some of the other ones uh, sometimes take it too far. If a child is being abused, you have to figure out what abuse is. I know many teenagers, when you tell them they're not getting a cell phone, and they're not getting internet access, they call that abuse, they're ready to call the police. So you have to figure out what abuse is, Every time a child uh, doesn't get what they want. No, a real, Rachman Islam, heavy duty abuse, physical abuse, it's real emotional abuse. So then there probably isn't a chiv, keep it of aim, and you can distance yourself, and uh, you can talk about them in therapy to get out of your system. I agree with all that. The gray middle areas are always what's subject to shayla uh, and needs of stop. I had a nice recently, it's very upsetting. I don't know who this therapist was, but... Uh, wasn't one of my, I uh, have a lot of hush with friends who are therapists. I work with them and we work on many cases together. I had a case where, without going into too much detail, where uh, there was a crisis in the marriage and the husband was having some issues and the wife was, I hold her to be a Heliga Tzadikis and she's very supportive and trying to help him through it and it's Gavaldi. And once in a while she uh, gets upset, which is, means she's not a Malach yet, she's just a regular Tzadikis. And once in a while she gets upset, she makes a side remark and doesn't that. So uh, husband came to talk to me, and uh, he mentioned to me that um, he's in therapy and it's helping him. It's very nice, and she's in therapy also to deal with it. And he mentioned to me, I asked, well, you know, what what, what the therapists have to say? And he mentioned to me, this is like the, the the worst clip he could tell me. He said she once mentioned that once in a while she gets annoyed with her husband, which on a good day in a perfect marriage is going to happen. And the first thing the therapist asked her is, which one of your parents are passive aggressive? You probably learned it from them. totally over the top on seven different fronts. 
there's a that's like a textbook. You got somebody has something wrong with them. If they lose their cool once in a while, instead of just saying you're a very good human being and you're not a malaf, then that work. There's no inherent flaw in you, and there's no inherent flaw in your parents. There's a severe lack of keeping of aim to whatever flaw you have to blame in your parents. You say, well, it must have learned it somewhere. The answer is, yeah, everybody's human, and we all grow up in somebody's house, and we pick up things. So the better we are, the better Rashpah we have in our children. That means you have to say they're passive-aggressive and then blame it, find out which parents are passive-aggressive and blame it on them. They can hate their parents. So there's a balance over here on figuring out where most of the time the parents are good people with flaws, like we are, and understand that we have a chi of kibud and lamaisa. Some svarim written ask akasha. The machaber brings these dinim down as a din and without any qualification. Happens to be that it's obvious that parents aren't too normal here. But the chiddush over here is if there's not emotional or physical damage going on, which sometimes there is, most of the time there isn't. You have to deal with it. Then there's still a chi of kibud. You can't just write them off and say, well, uh, that's their mishagas. That's their mishagas. So you got to cater to it. If it's not going to every mitzvah has a Top end of a fifth, you only spend the 50 year assets on mitzvahs, 50 year assets is on money, the equivalent of the serious nefesh. If emotionally it's too, we call it uh, leaving too many scars, then you're potter on the Sahmana Patri. But the child has to be speaking to Rabbanim and therapists and formulating the Shailah to realize that there's a difference between you being Mason Nefesh and dealing with the Mishagas as the Gemara and the Allah seems to back up versus deciding that I'm getting emotionally scarred over here and therefore this is going to affect me too much. Sometimes that's the case. Baruch Hashem, quite often, that's not the case. And it's just a question of putting yourself out further for sometimes dealing with policies you don't agree with. The Mechaber brings down, I mentioned before, that uh, if the parents have money, the parents have to pay for any care that the child is giving, which is no to a sandwich generation once the children start giving the care, if the parents can't afford it, then charity begins at home. What's interesting is, is that the child has to give stock coin to what they can afford. The Ramah says that it's uh, split up among the children, not if there are five children, there's a million dollar bill for the parents. It's not 200,000 the child. You go to the wealthier children first and prorate it according to their wealth. I've had this Lamaisa, and I couldn't understand why there were two brothers who were quite well off and three brothers who were quite not well off, and they couldn't understand why I wasn't splitting it up evenly. I said, it's Ramah. They said, why is that fair? I said, I don't understand. The tax rates in the country depends on how much you make. They said, yeah, that's uh, Uncle Sam's problem. That's not, uh, they don't think that should be the din. I said, it's not, I didn't answer your opinion. I'm just quoting Ramos. So there's a, there's a reaction. Children should be running to have this chus to be able to, who can pay more money to help out the parents and the parents can't afford it. The Pele is, again, to show you how hush of this is in the eyes of the locha. The din is, they don't have to pay for it if they can't afford it, the children, but if they're servicing the parent and they can't work, and because of that the bills are growing, they have to not work and service the parents even though they can't pay their own bills. It's a Mr. Shabagufa and they have to take care of it. And to show you the severity of the sugya. Let's continue. We mentioned before that parents can't ask a child to do anything wrong or to skip a din. Mechaber says a parent can't stop him from doing it. Din daraitz or nisa daraitz a din What about minhogim? So uh, this came up, I think, in a shir over here about five years ago. Uh, the children should be careful if they want to take on a hidra or chumra that's wonderful. If the parents are uncomfortable with it because it's not their family minig, hey, wants to put in a gartel, which is very nice. It's na locha. It's not only a chesed but the father is uncomfortable with it or upset, and it's not a chiyuv. Then uh, first I tell the father ashrecha. 
we should be happy he wants to put on a gaito instead of putting on earrings or something to that effect. Like, like this is what you're complaining about. So first I try to give a little muster to the, to the parents. After that, if they're not macabre, so then you tell the child, leave out the humor. Even though the humor might be very nice, this could apply to other hidurim as well. But the parents cannot stop a child from doing a din, whether it's din derais, din derabana, or a minig yisrael that everybody keeps. So the children have to know how to deal with it. I put the onus on the parents who are more mature. If it's a humor, count your blessings. And let them go. If it isn't, then that's going to be a shaila. Yes? Uh, yes. Amen. Thank you for giving me a minute to breathe. Adin, if parents are Rishayim, which is rarely the case because Rishayim might not apply to a Tinnik Shanishpa, which most people are. They're not from. If they're abusers or the like, then they have a status of Rishayim. We already mentioned before, then we would all agree that uh, the child is not Mokhuyub to be Mason ever to that extent. Uh, uh, Russia, who's Lahachis, and somebody asked me this recently, they asked me this, Lagabi Avelis. Says, there is no chiv, but they ask that shayla if it's no geah. Mamzer chayah b'choyed aviv maro alfilo hayah aviv rosha balaveris mechabdem is yar mimenu. The mechaber paskins that even aviv rosha is a chiv kibud. The ramah paskins there isn't. It doesn't come up much, and if somebody's parents aren't from, there's a bigger impetus to seize the opportunity to mekadesh shem shemayim and obviously be extra nice. The chiv learned out from various ribuyim. Is a chiyat mechabed in-laws. Some people don't like that din. And everybody likes that shach. One second, we'll take the questions later. The shach uh, sort of um, puts it down a notch and the shach says the chiyat is only kishar zakenim chashuvim. What that level is. Others argue and say it's a, it's a much higher din. But there obviously is a din and it's a school of Hashalom bias. One of the rebuyim is an older brother some Achranim say it applies to all the older children. Most hold it's only the oldest child. Some say it applies to sisters. Most hold it only applies to the oldest brother. Uh, there are, um, whenever you mention this to uh, siblings, everybody gets very nervous. When you finally stop by the oldest brother and the oldest one is a sister, they're very happy. It's quite clear that if the oldest child happens to be a sister and the parents leave and they can't follow simple directions like go to sleep and clean up the house, and the parents come home and get aggravated, that's a lack of kibbutz of aim, whatever the din here happens to be. There is a machlekes if parents tell a child to do something that's not kibbutz, kibbutz is direct servicing, feeding and taking places and helping them with their medical needs and other needs. Murder is not disagreeing with them and arguing with them. If they ask you to do something which has nothing to do with them, like they want to dictate who you're going to marry, Ramah talks about that case, Best case scenario, you bring her home or she brings him home and they come to a friendly agreement that he's a good or she's a good spouse. Once in a blue moon, they don't agree. Ramos is the favorish. If the son believes this is his bashet, he can ignore the parents for a number of reasons. They're asking him not to do a mitzvah he wants to get married. Number two, they can't run his life. It's not only to keep it all married. Uh, with that said, uh, the parents are older and wiser and experienced. You might want to listen to them to find out what's troubling them. At the end of the day, if they're stuck on COVID or money or something like that, then you just go right there and hope they uh, show up. Most of the time they show up. I had one chasna where they didn't. 
and afterwards they didn't show up to the bris or to the pigeon aben, and they haven't seen a grandchild, which um, is uh, stubborn to say the least. The child, Halach Lamaisa, did the right thing. I'd like to mention two other details in the next sim in Reishman Malav, which is not well known, and then we'll go on to the Hashkafa. Uh, the next segment is about Hakan Klala. You say, where's this going to be Nagea? We all know that hitting a parent is a Misa, and so is Klala, with Shem Hashem. Not Shem Hashem, it's an Isidarais like any other Yid. The Gemara Sanhedrin has a din that if your father has a splinter, you can't even take out the splinter. It's like quite a simple procedure. But as you have had the pleasure of taking out a splinter, you have to like, keep pricking away with the sterilized needle. And sometimes you can cut a little bit too much and draw a drop of blood. No, it's a regular person. You're trying your best, and he thanks you. Since drawing blood from a parent is such a severe issue, if it's done amazing, it's a chiyuv chenek. So the Gemara doesn't allow you to even do it in a procedure where you're trying to help them. They're asking for your help because even b'shoigik, it's a shigiz chenek. So the Gemara asks it. If you're on a desert island, he needs the procedure, so then it's mutter to do. In America, there's a lot of ball playing. And uh, what I've noticed is that uh, sometimes, and it's good father-son interaction, uh, often, I've noticed this even more in Muncie, probably because they're bigger basketball courts, uh, I've noticed a lot of people uh, playing ball with their parents. Now, if you're playing tackle football, your father should not be in the game. That's obvious, painfully obvious. If you're playing tackle football without equipment, you probably also, anyway, also, if you're playing basketball and um, you're very laid back, which most people are not, and every time your father goes up for a shot, you stand back and give him full clearance, which is not the minig, uh, so then you're also okay. If you go with the minig ilum, that every time somebody goes up for a shot, whether it's related to you or not, you try to foul him in a way where it doesn't look like a blatant foul, but you sort of, sort of like hit him like this as he's going up, um, it's clear that chabur doesn't have to mean blood coming out of the skin. If the blood is out of the capillary already under the skin, there's a slightly bruise. That's already chi of misa b'mezid. And I think if Chazal were around today, they'd probably also playing contact sports because of the gazera, you might hit them. So I'm not ready to also playing basketball with your father or your son, but um, I'd be very careful. And if he's being too aggressive, then you stand back. So just shoot from outside. Uh, this is a very, this is very Nagel Lamaisa, and there are people, that, he doesn't mind, says Michael, but it's not so partially Michael on a Chabura. And he says that Chabura is just a little mark, a little mark means, if there's any mark there, that means uh, blood left somewhere. So that's uh, number one. Number two, Machabra brings down a Sif Vav, if a person Mavaza his parents, even Baramiza, Hareza Bechlal, Arur, Mepiach, Vura, Shanamra, Arur, Makla, Aviv, Ziimoy. Now, Arur over here, be cursed to Baramizo if he's makla. What's makla? You're embarrassing, you're ridiculing a parent. So hopefully, the child's not going to do this when the parent is facing them. Sometimes, for those of you with children in the room, do you ever notice that young boys and girls, more boys, but it goes across both genders, especially when they become teenagers, they have a fabulous, it's almost interesting to know the medical uh, uh, possibility of having an eyeball go in a 360-degree sivuv. Around. Do you ever notice sometimes talking to children, they start rolling their eyes and it goes up in their head and they're rolling and rolling and rolling? It's an amazing. Uh, so they do that to your face, so that's already a lack of keyboard to show disapproval of what you're saying. They turn around and they do it behind your back, that's the Aramakla. So I've mentioned this to uh, the children and they say, well, um, I can't say anything because I can't argue, 
If I can't just roll my eyes a little bit, maybe 180 degrees, just to show that I really think what they're saying is ridiculous without saying anything? The answer is, um, the answer is no. Uh, if you, uh, we can't control your thoughts, although Chayotam brings down that a person in the machshava should be aim of understanding his parents probably know better, as hard as that is, and to be of them as people in every area that you can honestly be of them in. Facial expressions, even if you're not arguing, are the same problem. And that's the horror that's Kadai after your child rolls his eyes. Mention them, by the way, I'd be happy to discuss it, but that's not a proper response. And this has to be learned. All these meters have to be learned. And let me begin, try to examine some of the Ashkafas behind this. And these Ashkafas will be our interaction with all areas of it on the Chavero parents, children, spouses, friends. The two first ingredients. I believe are crucial to getting better at this and we can all use improvement, especially during the three weeks, is finding out what the din is. What are your chiyuv? What are your obligations? Klape parents, klape children, klape a spouse. Uh, somebody called me a couple days ago. This is Beferish and Shulchanach. I don't blame them for not knowing the din. I do blame them. It's for trying to fight it out for like 10 years without even thinking, having a havamina that there's a gemara that speaks to this. It's like uh, half of a septic subus. But there was a sixth going on. I've never heard of such a thing, but there was a couple, believe it or not, fighting about money. I've never heard of such a musuk. Um, it all struck me by surprise. Whatever, but uh, fighting about money. And okay, that happens. What was unique over here is that the ongoing fight is that the husband supports the wife fully, and the wife works and makes a nice salary. And also Yarshin, a tremendous amount of money a couple of years ago. And she never, ever yet told her husband how much she's making. And she has a separate bank account and he doesn't see a penny. The Yerusha goes under Nechse Molog. That's a discussion. Uh, he can have the Paris. And the salary, if he's supporting her, goes into the central account. So somebody called me up on their behalf. And I said, I don't understand. What are they arguing about? This is like an open and shut. This is like a Mishnah. It's a Gemara. It's like a Dinah Shofanar. Well, how can you argue about something like this? Most arguments are beferish, the answer. Just nobody thinks to ask. I've had this the other way around where the husband wasn't supporting his wife, wasn't giving her enough money. First thing to figure out, you don't have to argue with parents, you don't have to argue with children, you don't have to argue with spouse. Just, why don't you ask a shayla, there's probably a beferish, a mishnah, a gemara, or a dinner shokhanach, if it's not beferish, let the mara figure it out. And this is going on for 10 years. So I mentioned to the person who called me on their behalf, I said, why don't you... Um, Tell the husband to come with the wife and we'll just show them the din. He says she doesn't want to come. She doesn't want to come either because she doesn't want to see the din or she thinks the husband uh, set it up beforehand. I'm not sure exactly. I don't know these people. But this is, it's a pity because you argue something, argue about something that there's two sides to the issue. And often, many things in life come up but people just don't know what their... She has a right to say, by the way, she could say, I'm keeping my salary, don't support me. That's a fair issue also. But then you have to say it. You can't burn the candle on both ends. And I strongly suggest that they don't do that because if they lose the job or something like that, it's not so pushy, you can put it back together. So the first thing you've got to figure out is what is the din? The second thing you have to figure out is are you being honest about your assessment of the person you're arguing with? Are you being honest about the relationship? Or is it stam sinna because you're not appraising the situation correctly? I had a, I made a copy of this. Somebody sent me an article last week. Um, as you might have uh, noticed in the news, uh, Greece is uh, falling apart, unfortunately. 
That's not the reason to rejoice. It's not good for Europe and it's not good for the world economy, but it's happening. Uh, so he sent me an article of one of the, uh, one of the reporters outside of Greece flew into Athens to um, interview some of the people who were waiting online for the ATM machine. I wouldn't believe this if I didn't see it from a pretty authoritative source. It doesn't mean it really happened, but uh, it sounds like the conversation took place. Part of a long article, but it's going to be two paragraphs. The one man that I approached, after I asked him, what do you think of the situation? He said the situation was the result of the Zionists. Everybody knows that. Isn't that push it? Like, this is like, uh, was, I was so not surprised. My phone, this is the European report, my phone was out of battery by the time I got to the ATM, so I wasn't able to record the conversation, though I'm not sure he would have liked that much anyway. He blamed Rothschild for the crisis. Somebody should tell him the mayor Anshul's been dead for like a couple of hundred years. Uh, he has some Yetzirah but I don't think really they're controlling the major banks anymore. Adding, this, this really, uh, just say this over next Hanukkah. You, this is, you, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. The guy, this Greek fellow says, this is um, an Einikol from uh, Antiochus. Uh, we Greeks are Hellenic, the people of light. He's the people of light. I think Hanukkah, we hold by carrots. No? I think we, the, 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 uh, the trend is R was leaving the Cheshach of Yavin. Okay, but the, I don't know those guys. I'm not going to give them Musa. But he's claiming the Greeks are, are the people of light. And now we only have a little light, not like in ancient times. They're trying to put us out. It's not the fault of the German people. It's not the fault of the European people. European people. You have to go to the source, which is Rothschild and Zionists. They want to crush Greece. So here the guy's full of, this is just a classic, the guy's full of sinner. I don't know if he's ever met a Jew. He's full of sinner because he assumes that they're out to get him as he's been taught and trained in the propaganda. He says the Jews are out to dominate the world, they're out to get you, and they, they de definitely have it in for the Greeks. Which might be true, but for other reasons. So he grows up and he has this sinner which spills over whenever you interview him based on a mistaken notion based on the fact that he never took an honest approach to finding out what are other people like what do these people think of me you'll say this is regular anti-semitism that's par for the course but it's not anti-semitism is just here because Asa Sunday is Yaakov so this is uh, heavier than the usual sinner but most of the time when we have a sikhsuk with somebody when we're not honest with our faults and our relationships we look at his faults and we say, well, the person's baveling me. We don't want to see their side. We assume that they're wrong and we're right because we don't want to take an honest appraisal of the fact that if I were in their shoes, maybe I would also react like they're reacting. And when you're missing all this information, you end up becoming bitter, not getting along with people. Even if you have some friends, the circle of friends is not large enough and you're creating and perpetuating machlokes that shouldn't exist. Most people assume, and I've had this conversation in various uh, contexts, uh, trying to figure out shalom bias issues, and general, um, even in Dine Teira. And the interesting response that I get from people I've heard this line from a number of people and I'm sort of happy they're not embarrassed to say it, although they should be, at least they're being honest with me. 
They say, you know what? I wasn't born such a nice guy. I'm not such a nice guy. And I have other milas, and I can't work on this. You can't change people. Certain people, Vateva, are more polite, certainly Vateva, more generous. I'm not a nice guy, so therefore, this issue, all these issues, it's not for me. That is a um, person, again, is not being honest with themselves. Any part of Avodah Hashem, good midus, is not something you either have or you don't have. There's a chiv to be mekayim after Avodah like there is any other mitzvah. There's a chiv to avoid machlekes and lashon hara. There's a chiv not to be cynical. I will speak in a minute. It affects your general Avodah Hashem. And we go through life assuming that we can't change not realizing that there's a bona fide chi if anybody puts on tefillin and wears tzitzis and keeps Shabbos. It's a din like any other din in Tariq Mitzvah. You can't just say, I'm not a nice guy. Interesting case in point. Listen to this carefully. It's a very interesting yesoid. Sisa Chaim, a couple of parshas ago, raises a very interesting question. On Yan Lohemantimbi. We all know Mesh Rabbeinu was punished not to go into Israel. He hit the rock. Or Chaim HaKadosh has 10 different shotim, what he did wrong. He doesn't like any of them. He tries all over the shot. It's unclear. Mesh Rabbeinu did something wrong on his madrig. It's unclear what it is. And the Pasuk comes down so strong. Yan Lohemantimbi. Akash Baruch says, you didn't have Amuna. Now, Mesh Rabbeinu was not missing an Amuna. It's impossible. He said, it was, it can't be. He knew Akash Baruch could bring water out of the rock. So what does it mean, Yan Le Mantenbi? What's missing? What, we have to redefine what Amuna is. So Sif Sachayim explains why is it so Chashuv, Gemar Shabbos, Amre Shlokish, Kalaena Amen, Bechal Kaychad Peschal Shari Gan Eden. If you say Amen with a lot of Kavana, it's unbelievable schus. What does Amen mean? What do we learn in Cheder? Kel Melech Namon, among other things. It also means Emes. Kel Melech Namon. If you ask somebody and they think about it too quickly, they'll say, Kamel Lemon, that Hashem is able to give us char and to come through with the promises. That's only half the story. Kamel Lemon means that Hashem not only can reward us, He will reward us. That Hashem is Nemon to follow through with His promises. So he's introducing a new concept over here. Lo'amantambi doesn't mean you didn't believe me. Of course, my Shabbat knew that Hashem could do whatever and he wants. He produced them. He's seen all of them. And he brings Zariah from the famous Gemara and Tainus. It's a very interesting story. People have Amuna. And again, Amuna doesn't only here mean Amuna that Hashem can do something because in this context it doesn't fit. Mechulda is a weasel. A bar is a well. What happened? So Rashi brings down the Maisa. That uh, young lady fell into a pit, fell into a well. She was screaming, yelling, nobody can hear her. A young man came by, heard the cries, rescued her, wanted to marry her. She said, look, there's no Adam over here. We can't exactly make a chasna. I'll go home, you go home, and whenever you're ready, come, and I promise to marry you. And they said, who's going to be the Adam that we're promising that we will follow through? And there was no Adam there. They said, you know, here's the boar, here's the well, and there's a holder walking by. The boar and the holder. No, neither are kosher ladies. One's inanimate and one's not much better. Okay. She went home, never forgot her pledge, 
They grew up, and it came her time. He went to some other city. She had no way of contacting him. And they started writing Shaduchim, and she said no to everybody. And then the people came, and she, the, the parents were pressuring her, and she acted like a, like a lunatic whenever somebody came in, so nobody wanted to go near her. And this went on for years and years, and they just they gave up on her. He, meanwhile, conveniently forgot about his promise and got married and had two children. And one was bitten by a weasel, with rabies, I guess, and died. The other one fell into a bark. His wife thought that was very strange, bizarre. He said, you know, is there something you're hiding from me? Uh, we should have this terrible misfortune twice in strange ways. And he starts thinking and thinking. He says, you know, I promised uh, a young lady. I, I forgot about it. And uh, we talked about two Adam, a bar and a, and a chulda. And she was a real sadegi. She says, I want you to divorce me. Go find her. Get married. This is the Ratzon He did that. And he went to marry the young lady. And he, what came to town, they asked to see her. And they said, don't bother. She's going to... Told you out of the room. He said, no, 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 I'm going to identify myself. She's going to marry me. Kachavi, they lived happily ever after. How exactly can you elicit a bar and a chulda to um, team up and help you realize your dreams? So as the sister Chaim says, this is a very, if we can master this, we'll, we'll, we'll change our whole mahalach with Muna and Hashem and Muna and other people. Whenever I'm dealing with people in business who are having a fight, so there's one Gemara everybody knows. I hear this all the time. Chabdeo v'chacheo. Everybody knows this one. It says, yeah, yeah, I got to... I got to be mechabed, but after be cheshedo. I'm not taking that away. You got to protect yourself. Someone has to go. You got to protect yourself. Good lawyers, good contracts. All that's true. But the main focus of the Chazal is the Chabdeo part. If you go through life sarcastic and cynical about people, you're going to become sarcastic and cynical about Hakash Baruch Hu and if you don't have basic trust in people, that's going to overflow to your lack of trust in the Baruch Hu. Not that anybody from is going to think Hashem can't do it. He's just going to start doubting, look, everybody else is messing me up, or I think everybody else is trying to mess me up. So Akash Baruch Hu is not going to give me the hire, and maybe I'm working for nothing. Even though Hashem can give me whatever He wants. The Nekud of this Gemara is in Shemayim, they protected her because she believed in Him, even though here it was misplaced. But she wouldn't give in. She had her fidelity to him, and she wouldn't get married because she wasn't a chashton. She was somebody who believed in other people. She believed in integrity. And that's why Shemayim, they stood by her. And the Sisel Chaim says that the more we try to perfect this in our personalities, and it might take giving people a lot of slack, the more we become happy, trusting, you can still protect yourself, and the more we'll become happier in our Vedas Hashem, taking the intellectual understanding that Hashem can give us char and understanding that Hashem will give us char. He says, based on this, a beautiful pshat, what was Moshe Rabbeinu's Avera? Moshe Rabbeinu knew Hashem could take water out of a rock by talking to the rock, hitting the rock. But he had an opportunity to take the water out by talking to the rock, and he felt that it wouldn't work because Klai Yisrael didn't deserve it because they were complaining. So he felt... Even though Hashem said, talk to the rock, but Klai Yisrael didn't deserve it, and therefore their punishment is he's going to have to hit the rock instead. And even though Klai Yisrael complained by the Mon, and they, they were wrong because the Mon was coming, and they just complained, even though the Mon was very good. Here, the complaint was registered and legal because there was no water. Because Miriam had died, the Taka no well, and they were scared. Perhaps they shouldn't have jumped to conclusions, but they, at least the complaint was a valid complaint. And Moshe Rabbeinu should have understood, on his Madrega, that Hashem's not going to take away their support through the water because of their complaining. 
You didn't show Klai Yisrael that I'm always here for them and I will be there for them. And because Baruch was not coming to give people Rahman a rough time. And the fact that you did a couple of Averas doesn't mean you're going to lose your support from Akash Baruch. And sometimes the Yitzhahara tells us, yeah, I'm a nobody and I have Averas and I have also Sukhash Benes and Hashem's not going to help me. That's Atasay Yitzhah. And that comes from not trusting people and ends up not trusting Akash Baruch. Very important concept. Let's move on to the parents' obligations to the children. Just a few reminders. I like taking polls. Whenever I ask uh, parents who are in the chinuch business, what's the single biggest hashpa on your children? So often parents will say, well, we um, have a very serious house. We're constantly talking to them. We're most of it. And then we send them to yeshiva and the rabbi a little bit and some of their friends. I'd put the parents at, uh, depending on the family, 10, 20, 30%. Maybe the bam also, and they leave the rest of it for their friends. First thing you got to do at all times is know who your children are hanging around with. The second crucial, and this goes back to what we started with, ingredient is giving the children a balance, a secure enough home that they understand that you're on their side and yet still secure enough that they're understanding their rules and regulations. Sometimes parents think that this day and age you've got to let them do whatever they want and you can't be uh, too bossy and that's true to an extent. Children crave security of a system where there's control. Not total control, but some control. And it's very interesting because well, Milcha Yehuda, and they quote this in the Sefer Dark Yechayim, when they asked him, if you had to pick one thing, what should a bachar about mitzvah, maybe a bacharet habas mitzvah? What should they be kabbal? I don't know if there is such a word. What should they be makabal when they become gedolim? They have to pick one thing. He said, keep it of aim. Try to learn and perfect and focus and chazer, keep it of aim. Why? So, interestingly enough, they, uh, he said this and they quoted, they told him afterwards, Chaim said, the stipulus said, it's really a Yerushalmi. If a person focuses on a mitzvah, which mitzvah should he pick? Should he start with? Why? This is where I got it from. The reason why children, it's interesting, Chaim said this about himself. Stipel used to hit Rab Chaim. Today it's not in vogue, probably for good reason. I'm not going to get into that subject. Rab Chaim said, yeah, the stipler, the governor, he used to hit me, okay, it's from Europe, different generation perhaps. He made an interesting remark. He says, he used to hit me all the time, and he said, most of the time I deserved it. This is Rab Chaim. And uh, so they asked him, and what happened? We didn't deserve it? See, he said, once in a while, like I remember, he thought I did something and it was somebody else who did it. So I mentioned afterwards in a calm way that it wasn't me, so he shouldn't be chayshed. And you know what happened next? He apologized. So here's a situation. So we'd be screaming and yelling, and how can you hit him in the front? So again, I'm not saying it's for today or not. But as long as there's an open relationship and he sees the parents are human and they're out for his good, then he's makabal this Morris and then he can be makabal the Messiah. 
many people feel that this hashpa that we're mukhid to have in our children is limited to our children. I would uh, give nachas to uh, Rabbi Bold and the other uh, Gabayim here. When I got home last year from Flappish after this year, I had a message waiting for me. I called the person back the next morning and they said that they... Uh, they were by the shear, a friend of them, a friend of theirs was by the shear. And uh, they heard I lived in Muncie. There's a young man in Muncie who needs help. Nebuch from a very difficult home, doesn't really have a father, and was getting lost in the shuffle. 17 year old boy. Unfortunately, this is Mason Bechalye. So she wanted to know, since I'm in Muncie already and she's in Brooklyn. So uh, can I uh, look him up and maybe speak to him and figure things out? Life is very busy. I said, I'll try to get to it. The pal is, she called me about three or four times over the next week. Asked me if I met him yet. Did I meet him yet? I said, uh, well, I'm just curious what the sheikh is. It's a nephew. This is, no, it's a former neighbor from 15 years ago from Borough Park. It's Paul. Former neighbor 15 years ago. I said, okay. I met with the boy this a year ago. The good news is I take no credit for this. It really belongs to, uh, to her. The good news is that uh, the boy is back in yeshiva and we're dealing with the issues. The pachat is, is that and no one's to blame here. Life is very busy and we have our own children, our own nieces and nephews and everybody's, uh, everybody's got their peckle. Akash Baruch Hu, and he says this many times in Chumash, wants us to take care of all the Chal Yisrael, Chal Yisrael, Reb and the keem of Ahav Tolarech HaKamaycha is that what you want for yourself, you want for others, that's what Ramban says, doesn't mean you have to love them as much as you love yourself, it means do unto him what you want unto yourself, how you want to be treated. If Rahmar Litzlan, your child needed help and you weren't around, you would hope and pray that a neighbor would step in. Here the godless of Chal Yisrael is, here we have a a mother who uh, has other things to do with her time, many miles away. A year later, we're still trying to figure out exactly what to do, but um, she's on it, come out every other night to get an email, a call. There are hundreds and hundreds of such cases. And most people get very humble in sometimes strange places. Miani, Mani. I'm not talking about children necessarily who are at risk or off a derech, half off a derech, including those also. Talking about the ones who will be at risk if neighbors and friends don't step in. And many people are afraid because they feel they're not qualified. If you're really not qualified, so bring it to somebody else's attention and if they don't have time, if nobody does, you keep calling and calling until it's taken care of. It's an absolute chiv. You say, well, who's the chiv? Why is it on me? The answer is, well, maybe it's not on you, but if nobody else is taking care of it, you should have to take care of it. And part of developing your midas, again, it's nothing to do with being born a nice guy or not. The reason the Rambam says you keep getting stuck on small change again and again and again and again and again, it makes you a generous person. The more you exercise these muscles, the better you'll be at it. And people need help. And I can't 
tell you, I just, uh, any Rav will tell you this, any therapist will tell you this, any community leader will tell you this, that inundated, if I had another few days each week, I'd like to take on another 40 cases. And that would be the tip of the iceberg. Not that we're doing anything wrong, but by, by definition, things, uh, life is not pushed, nobody has a contract, there are monas and there are and there are divorces and the dysfunctional situations. And you have Haligan Hashamas who just need to be shown the correct way. And I had a conversation with somebody who told me that, yeah, he used to be involved in these things, but he sort of pulled back because he would work and work and work and pour out his kishkas, and then he wouldn't be matzliach, and the, um, the child would still be off, or he wouldn't come back on, I didn't have any nachas from it. That's a very human response. Let me share with you two Makaris to uh, bavarn that response. One is a very fascinating Meshachachma. Meshachachma says that the Chumash says that Abmavinu spent a lot of time doing Kirov, Anefesh, Esherasu, Bukharan. They came down to Mitzrayim. How many Yidin were there? Seventy. Where are all the hundreds and thousands of nefesh asher also b'charen? Where is everybody? Where did everybody go? So, the good news is, Zayar says that all the Taka went back to the woodworks. They floated back, but the future neshamas of all the gam came from these nefesh asher also b'charen. Meshachachma says, not negating that, he says, the Pashup Shad is that the Taka went back and they were Chazal Surun. No, how can it be? Abhmavina spent years and years and years running a yeshiva. And most of the Talmidim were Chazal Surun. What's with all the Hishtadlus? So again, like the Zaira, so his, certainly his, the fruits of his labor came out later. But the Meshachachma says, that's not the point. Koshbarachu gives us Schar on the Amelis and the Troying. The short-term effects, the long-term effects are not our business and not our problem. Second riot to this concept, one of my favorite riots, and you see that the Midi Yisrael, Lisa Nusach Ashkenaz, the Sada of Zimmer with this. Very fascinating. What's the lead-off tefillah, the lead-off capital in Pazukah Zimmer? It's Mizma Shia Chanukah Sabayis Ladavid. Even in Nusra's fire, it just, it's still, you know, just that there's a reason why I put it first. But it's, it's up there. What is Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis Ladavid about? So if you read the first line, you think it's about the Beis Amikdash, the Binyan Beis Amikdash. As you all know, the capital talks about David's trials and tribulations, which, by the way, was the title of tonight's Shir, just a misprint. Somebody asked me, why is it thrills and tribulations? I said, misses can be fun also, but it was a misprint. So David talks about David talks about you saved me from my enemies, and I dive into you and you raise me up and you save my life. And I'm still alive and I can sing about it. You finish the capital. So what in the world does this have to do with What does it have to do with the sure you thought of this question as you were starting Shacharis one morning? The answer is, if you look at David's life, you have to sum up all of David's Avedah, what is the central shifa, 
What was his goal? What was he preparing for? He even actually took all the money he got in all the booty, got in battles, and laid it down in supplies for Binyan Abayim. He had to finish all the wars before you built the base of Mitish, and he finally finished, and he was not young. And he said, you know what? I'm still in a fancy palace, and the Aaron is behind the tent, on the curtain. He called to the Navi, and he says, I think it's due time to build the base of Mitish, and this is what I've been gearing myself for my entire life. Navi thinks it's a great idea, but that's not a psaac from a Navi. That's just an Eitzah. He goes home and Hashem comes to him in the middle of the night and he says, go quickly tell David is, tell him the answer is no and he can't do it. Whatever the reason is, if he builds it, it can't be destroyed. He's an Ish Muhammad, we need Shalom. Whatever the Cheshman is, the answer is no. If he comes running back, David Amalekh, he doesn't know how to say it, like, uh, Your Highness, I know you've been planning this your whole life and waiting for this your whole life and everything has been centered around Binyan Abayas and the Gula Shlema. The answer is no, not in your lifetime. Most people would be crushed beyond belief. I spent my whole life aiming toward this, and now the answer is no. What's David's reaction? The no is difficult. I thought about it. You saved me. You saved me again. You saved me three times, four times, or five times. I'm still here. I can still daven. I can still learn. I can still lead Clay Israel. I thought my main purpose was being an Abayas. Obviously, that was the main purpose. I tried. I didn't succeed in this area. So what? Kosh just wants us to maximize our kachis. doesn't make a difference what the outcome is. Rav Dessler, and I'll end with this, it's a very famous piece on the uh, Pasuk by Migdal Bobel. The Pasuk says, Amur Nivna Migdal Nala Rakia Nakeo, we're going to go up and we're going to, Yalkut says in the Pasuk, we're going to fight Hashem. And the Pasuk says that Akash Baruchu Kaviachal seemed concerned about the Matzu. We don't stop them now. Hashem is talking to the Pamayashamaya. We don't stop them now, it's going to be completely out of control. So Desla says, What exactly was the problem over here? What's going to be out of control? If we don't stop them now, what are they going to do? It sounds like a joke. Are they going to take a sword and stand up in a tower and fight a Gajabaraka? Like, why was there even a discussion in Shemayim? Like, why do you have to be revival of their language and send them off killing each other and send them to Arbakan What for? Desla says that the power, tonight we spoke about the chiv of Achtus and Ben Chaveron, but put the chiv aside for a moment. The power, the ability to get things done, depends solely on Achtus in a positive way and unfortunately Leilano in a negative way. Now, Hashem built into the Teva the Bria that mankind, if they had one will together, were built the Selim and Lakim, so just like Hashem willed the Bria and the world came into existence. So people just think and want to go in a certain direction, so the world will go in that direction. The Dara wanted to take all the Kedusha of the world, sap it of all its Kedusha, and just bring Tuma and Esnagdus to Akash Baruch Hu. And the problem is, they all got together, and Nimrod now gets the entire civilization to be involved in this project, and Akash Baruch Hu looks down, and he says, if they continue doing this, there's nobody who's Mesnaged, we don't have a minion, this is Taka going to end the world and sap it of all its ruchnius, and the world is going to cease to exist. 
just because they want it to be so. So therefore, we have to stop them, split up the different languages, they won't get along, and they're not going to be able to continue this project, and they're going to start Muhammad's and spread the Abbasan Tatarists, which is exactly what happened. Avdesla says that Lu Yitzur, Klai Yisrael, the people who are here for Kedusha and for mitzvahs, would have the Achtus to bring Kedusha to the world, and everybody whose vote counted had that Achtus. Just by willing it so, that would bring that Kedusha to the world. And the only reason it hasn't happened yet is because uh, we haven't completed our job. If we would, the Goyim would join and would bring the Gula Shlema. But keep in mind, to sum it up, if you've resigned yourself to being not such a nice guy or not the type of guy who gets involved for other people's children with other people's issues when possible, if you're not the type of child who is so into the keep it of aim, you try to do what's natural, but uh, you still roll your eyes a little bit and you still argue a little bit, all because you're not perfect, you're not such a nice guy, and that's not such a big Avera. It seems to be that much of the Aseris Adivaris and much of Kola Kula cuts across one line, and that is we're here with a Chiv to improve Amidus, not just a luxury, not just a nice thing, not just Amidus Chasidus. And the quick, we all do it together, we'll talk Abiyas, bring us to Abiyas, Gold Sadiq, Meher Amen. I didn't bring any CDs, just feel free to take the cards, they're all free. Shame again, she returned. My sister wants to give a big yashakach. Throw my vinyl for today, tonight's drasha. Like to remind all of them of the importance of sponsoring shiurim. Again, she returned. Lies on the seabird to bring the shiurim to the public without charging admission. Please call again, she returned at seven one eight eight five one eight six five one. Sponsor a shiur or send an email to tapecenter at We like to thank. Elam Shame for the support of tonight's Sheila, Nishmat Shiban Eliezer, Basileya Bashmul Yosef, Eliezer Ben Svi, and Shmul Yosef Ben Svi, and Nishmosim Tzurub Sarachayim. CDs will be available shortly. Tomorrow night we'll hear from Rabbi Dovid Azari. Schedule for next week is on the back table. Yashakach to everyone for coming. Yachanan Yibna Kashem, Ratzak Rishboch, Lazakes, Esisur, Lafikach, Hibbalim, Tayyamitzah, Shinamal, Anech, Hofes, and Matzitka, Yagul, Tervi, Adeh.